0: The Holy Gospel according to John, the first chapter, verses 43 through 51. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from Saint John. Chapter one, verses 43 through 51, found on page 1647 of your Pew Bible. John writes, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree, before Philip called you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. This uh, morning, I don't often title my sermons. However, this week, a couple of titles did come uh, to me. And a couple of topics that uh, I had the opportunity to discuss with people. In our men's group that meets every Saturday at 8 o'clock, you're all welcome to come. One was the voice of truth. You know, in this day and age, don't we hear a lot of voices? A lot of people telling us what we should believe and you know what is right and what is wrong. Uh, I mean, it's just we're impacted by it Uh, everywhere we go. You can't go outside of this church and not be impacted. From the time you turn your radio on, your TV, drive-by advertisements and so forth, there are voices out there that are telling you things some of us even have a voice in where we talk to ourselves and we're very very hard on ourselves sometimes sometimes we're awfully not hard enough sometimes we uh, believe uh, some things that that we really aren't about the other part that I was going to call this uh, this uh, sermon was and this is a long one so it's not really a great title but I'm going to throw it out there anyway the call is this stop being consumed over what you are not. Stop being consumed over what you are not. Inward focus. If anyone takes notes, remind me of that next time you see me. Hey, Pastor. Stop being consumed by what you are not. And we'll get to the other part of that. You ever heard the the phrase, uh, that's not fair. Uh, They got off easy. There seems to be two sets of standards. I actually subscribe to double standards, my standards and what other people should be working under. I've been, you know, subscribing to that for a long time. It's not right, but I do it. Especially on the road, you know, nice, nice signal. You stopped up uh, in front of that line. Uh, you ever heard the one, they're above the law, they think they're above the law, or justice was not served, or justice was served. They got off light—a slip, slap on the wrist. Okay, so this is tied into our Old Testament reading from First Samuel this morning, and it's interesting—the story of Eli and Samuel—and and I'm going to take you a little bit to the earlier chapters of First Samuel in chapter one and two. And to get a background story, and why slap on the wrist has any ravelets on there, or justice wasn't done, or that's not fair, or so forth. Here's what happened. Um, Eli had some sons, Phineas and uh, Hoph- Hophni. And these kids of his were bad kids. In fact, in chapter uh, 2 of 1 Samuel, verse 12, and you know this has got to be true, and you <laughs> They said, worthless sons. Worthless sons. These guys were going about the business of the temple. They were going about taking care of, uh, of all the priestly duties. And they were ripping God off. How? Well, in there we hear that the priest would take a three-pronged fork. And when the sacrifice was being uh, cooked up or boiled, they would take out the, the, the best pieces. They would take out the filet mignon. In fact, even worse than that, sometimes they would go to those that were working there and say, give me the raw meat. The master requires it. And they would take that meat. They're not supposed to do that, but they would do it. And if, if the individual that was preparing the sacrifices will let me burn the fat off, they said no. Give it to me now or I will deal most harshly with you. These are guys that are representing God, the Lord. These are servants, a priesthood coming from Aaron. Promises that were made to Aaron that they were enjoying and they were ripping God off. Not only that, they were doing other horrible things Taking advantage of, of women, lining their own pockets with money that was given for God. And Eli knew about this because people spoke and a man of God came to him and told him what was up. And Eli went to his sons and, and, and rather than cut them off, rather than fire them right on the spot. He let him off with a slap on the wrist. As a result, we read today, when God, the Lord, when the Lord spoke to to Samuel and Samuel had to tell Eli what had happened, boy, talk about an uncomfortable meeting. Eli found out that the Lord was going to cut him off. That the Lord was displeased with him that he had allowed his sons to sin against God, to give God the sloppy seconds. They took the best for themselves and that was not to be. We read further in Samuel that Phinehas and Hophni were killed on the same day. Now why does that matter? Well, that was the end of Eli and his, his priesthood and the line of priests for him. Samuel took over and was identified as a prophet of the law. That also goes to where we're pointed today, and, and that is, again, every jot and tittle points to Jesus. And Jesus comes and is the high priest, and he is a priest In the priesthood of Melchizedek. Everyone remember that? We don't hear much about Melchizedek three times in the Bible Genesis and twice in Hebrews. But Melchizedek was a a priest that Abraham actually paid tribute to, that he paid, he, he tithed to him. But he was not part of that Aaronic line, Aaron line of priests. Why does that matter? Well, back in the days when the priests were putting up offerings, they had to bring an offering for their own sins first. And then they gave up offerings for the people. The difference is that Jesus, being in the line of Melchizedek, Jesus was the Lamb of God. He didn't have to atone for his sins. He was without blemish, the Lamb of God. That took away the sin of the world. Interesting. We see a turn here of God's plan. We see this redemption, the coming of the Messiah that was that was identified by Philip when he told Nathanael. And did you catch that? Nathanael says, does anything good come from Nazareth? There are a few people that said that, we know, later on in the newer Old Testament, right? Herod was one of them. Does anything come, anything good come from Nazareth? That is... That's tough. So the boys were cut off. Samuel was installed. The line of Melchizedek is pointed to. We have Jesus in the second Sunday of Epiphany being. A uh, well, he's being pointed to by his apostles. Hey, this is the Son of God. This is the one Moses spoke of. This is the one. Here he is. In a way, that is, ta-da, here he is. But let's take on it a little bit. Don't get caught up on what you are not. If we get caught up on what we're not, we can get into... um, yeah, you know what? I sometimes take my three-pronged fork and take out the best out of the pot before I give it to God. Sometimes we give God the leftovers. You know, Sundays are my only day to sleep in, so I can't be there. or I you know Th- think about it. What are we holding back? How are we not much different from? These sons of Eli, not giving back, not following what the Lord, the voice of truth, has told us to do, holding back from Him, they weren't showing God's glory. They were sticking a thumb in God's eye. And as far as the people could see, they're like, "Why would I go to church if the rabbis there, these guys are, these priests are, are ripping me off? This is a fraud." They're held at a higher standard, so high a standard that they lost their lives for breaking that covenant. Do we deserve any different? When we hold back, when we give the leftovers, the crumbs, of our worship, of our prayer, of the passing on of glory that's from God when we don't give it out freely are we holding back did we take that three pronged fork well here's the thing God gave us his best he gave us his son in the line of Melchizedek as I said, he was without sin, without blemish. He did not get a slap on the wrist from his father. He didn't even deserve a slap on the wrist. He did nothing wrong. Jesus took the full blow of all who were before and all who come after him that reach into that pot with a three fork. 3 prong fork. Jesus took the blow for not bringing the best to the Lord. Jesus took that wrath. Jesus took that death that you and I deserved. Jesus, the voice of truth, the voice that has power. Jesus, the best not leftovers, was freely given. So if you remind me to stop being consumed over what I am not, the second part of that reminder, and I remind you as well, rest, rest, comfort, comfort, find it in who you are in Jesus Christ. Not what you were, but who you are. You are covered by the righteousness of the priest, of the living God. You have been redeemed by what he paid for your three-pronged fork. And when God sees you, as I said last week, he doesn't look at you as a, a tulip that means painting. He doesn't see you as that pig with an earring in it because it's still a pig. He sees you through the lens of his son. He sees you as who and how you are through his son. How much effort did that take? None. How much did you contribute to that? Not much, a bunch of pigginess, right? And yet, he takes us all in. And yet, he desires not one to be lost. So how do I share what, this bounty that I've been given? Well, yesterday in our, in our men's group, we talked about glory, giving glory to people. What does that look like? Well, you have glory in you. Yes, you do. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the voice of truth in the Holy Bible. And you get to give out the best to those that need to hear it. To those that need to hear, there is hope. Find comfort. I'm just a beggar who knows where to get good food. Come. There's plenty of room around that table. In fact, in a moment, we all are going to come as beggars, as little piggies as as we were before we were washed, right? And we can slip into our pigginess just as soon as we go out that door, but that's okay, it's covered, right? And we're gonna come and we're gonna eat the best, his body given, his blood shed for us. So I remind you again, don't be wrapped up, don't be consumed, don't be weighed down, chained by who you think You are what you are not. Be consumed by who you really are in Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen.